wait till the end, you're allowed to do that now as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks Helen. <coughs> We've just been singing about, I found a love greater than life itself. And I mentioned the fact that Isaiah saw something bigger than himself. And Jesus' disciples recognised in Jesus a love that they couldn't understand and they couldn't comprehend. Just left my bit of paper. And Jesus at the Last Supper, he, um, he gave a new command to his disciples who um, had seen something in him. So John 13, chapter, um, verse 34 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Do you get the message? Love one another, love one another. It's in every sentence there. We're also going to read from John 15. The words will be on the screen if you want to follow along um, in your own Bibles. That's great. And we're starting at verse 9. <coughs> As the Father has loved me, so I ha have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Thank you, Father, for those words, and thank you that we are able to be here together to um, open up your Bible, open up the words that you have to say to us, to talk about them, and to let them feed our souls. Thank you for all the preparation that um, Judy has done this week, and I pray that you um, strengthen her and give her wisdom as she speaks to us this morning. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit quiet. Um, we are looking at a new series starting off today uh, of one another's in the Bible, how we interact with one another, what the one another's of the Bible actually are. And we're starting with love one another. Uh, and uh, it's interesting where this is in the Gospel of John. What has just happened before Jesus says these words in John 13 and 15 is Judas has just left to betray him. He's just said, you know, do what you have to do quickly because he knew that he was going to his death. And he gathers the disciples, he gathers his team, if you like, and he says, love one another. And I don't know how you feel uh, love is looking in our world today. Uh, I don't know whether this is Marmite to you, whether you're trying to prevent your young person from watching it, uh, whether you're loving it, loathing it. It is certainly in the news at the moment. Love Island, uh, one illustration of people finding, or trying at least, to find love. And they've selected some of the most beautiful contestants that they had uh, to go into this villa to find love. Uh, with one another. And interestingly, a guy that was interviewed when he came out of said villa uh, was, he said, it's funny, people seem beautiful until you start to see them more close up and then their beauty starts to fade. Now, I don't think he was critiquing them as people, but the whole process is based on quite a plastic veneer, if you like, of these people that actually, whether you think they're beautiful or not, actually starts to fade when that love becomes 
sounds perhaps not really love but lust uh, as in that context. But we have seen some beautiful examples of love. Uh, uh, There's a beautiful example just this week that also made the headlines, uh, some might say for better reasons, uh, in the rescue, one team being rescued by a global team of people in the football team caught in the cave that Kirsty referred to earlier on. A beautiful demonstration of love and actually somebody even lost their life in order to rescue those young boys. So love, if you like, demonstrated in a very different way, in a very different team. And it would be rude not to, wouldn't it, just to mention the boys uh, who have done us proud when Harry Kane uh, was visited, was uh, interviewed uh, about how the success that they've achieved was, was really brought about. He said it's to do with brotherhood. It's to do with the fact there were no stars in this team, but we were united and we have been brought to a kind of brotherhood. Uh, Now, all of those will be different aspects of team, aspects of community. Uh, But I read this quote, which actually moved me this week. People were created to be loved. We were made for it. Things were created to be used. The world is in chaos because things are being loved and people are being used. And that resonated with me. Uh, I guess it resonates with us all that actually we live in a world that is, is giving us false messages about how we are loved. How do we receive love? And whatever you remember from this talk or don't remember, the starting point has to be that you are loved. You are. You can run from it, you cannot believe it, but it's true. How do we know it's true? Because Jesus is saying this when? When he's about to die for us. That's when he's saying it. So you imagine knowing that you're going to be arrested for a crime, knowing that you're going to be taken away from your tribe, whoever they are, your family, your friends, your life group, whoever it is. Think of your people. And imagine if you've got one last thing to say to them, what would it be? don't support Aston Villa. I don't know what it would be. It could be a whole host of things. But what would be the one thing that you would say if you held them captive and you thought, right, I've got you. What will I say? What will I say to you? Because actually, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, in a way, if you remember nothing else, the hallmark of a follower of mine, the hallmark of this friendship that we've had over the years we've been a team, is how you go out and love. Francis Schaeffer wrote a book about this, saying that actually our relationships, the quality of our relationships as church together would be the last testimony, if you like, the last apologetic, he calls it, to the faith in in Jesus. That we can do all the Alpha courses, we can do all the discipleship, we can do all the rigor of debate, we can debate with atheists, we can debate with other faiths, but actually, he says, when it boils down to it, and he wrote a whole book on this, Francis Schaeffer did, it's the quality of relationships that will either draw people in or will repel people out. Because people want to know, does this work? Because we've got a world that is watching Love Island that is trying desperately to see what love looks like. We've got a world that is using people and honouring things. And Jesus is saying, you've got this. You've been loved. I've forgiven you. And actually, sometimes it's tough, isn't it? This is not an emotion, by the way. (laughs) Um, It's not that you wake up with warm, fuzzy feelings towards the person at work that you're finding an absolute nightmare. It's intentional. It's a choice. 
But it's a choice that actually we can make. Why? Because God's first done it with us. We were unlovable. You know, you and I know that. We've done so much in our darkest times, and yet his love found us. We were awkward, we were rude, we were all those things and still are. And yet he loves us. He loves us incredibly generously. He rescues us. He's created us for one another. A new command I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Whatever else people are looking for, they're looking for a community that can love well and that can excel in loving. And I've said this many times before, but I think it's worth repeating that actually there are stunning people in this world who are of other faiths and who have had no faith and who seem to do this brilliantly well. You know, the Bible talks about a common grace in the book of James where every good gift is from him. So whether it's in a Christian or not, that beautiful act of love, whatever it is, is of God. But people are leaving churches across the land, not in all, but in many. Why? Because they're thinking, actually, the world has got something more. And we need to step up the love levels in our church and in all churches and all Christian believers. Why? Because we believe that it's a love that has rescued us and therefore has rescue for every human being that God has ever made or created. And I found it quite moving reading these passages in John 13 and 15 this week because I've thought, Jesus knows he's going to die. This team, this team that's got it wrong, they've been through all sorts of things, haven't they? And he's walked with them, he's forgiven them, they've got it wrong. Minutes later, Peter's going to get it wrong. He's going to deny him. Judas has just left to get it wrong. And here he's saying the most important thing of all is know that you're loved. Whatever you do, whatever you've done. And he does this. If we say, well, actually, how are we going to do this? Because we know it's difficult. We have a model in Jesus. And that's what he's saying. As he leaves them, he's saying, you know what this looks like because I've done it with you. (laughs) I've done it with you. I've walked with you, I've shown it you. And I love the fact that he says he calls them my children. He's not being patronising, he's saying we're like family. And there's emotion in that. I don't know what the original translation is, but there's a sense of my children, you know, they're so close. You know, you're brothers, you're like children to me. You can't go where I am. There's a wrenching apart that is going to happen. But he's saying, you live this out. And beautifully, what happened is he says he sends his Holy Spirit. And the early church couldn't stop people joining. Why? Because they were doing it. And have we lost a bit of that? I think we have. Because, you know, we we should be full of people, whether it's in this room or in our community groups, in our life groups, because this love has drawn us in. Now, I don't want this to be a talk that is shoulds and oughts and could do better, because we have enough of that in life, don't we? But actually, it's as we, as Jesus spent time with the Father. William Barclay says that actually Jesus found his power to be with the people, to be in the crowd, from his time spent under the stars with the Father. That it's breathe in and breathe out. It's not try harder to love this person through grit and teeth, because I think they'll pick up on that, I'm just guessing. Uh, But actually expand my capacity for love. Change my heart. 
And I've heard testimony after testimony when I prepared people for baptism or I met with someone recently who said, I did not have this kind of compassion before I met Jesus. She said, I found myself crying at news headlines when people tell me a story about refugees or about people being broken or isolated. There is a new compassion in me. Now, that's not to say that that compassion isn't anywhere. It's everywhere in our world. But the calling on us is higher because this love has found us. And actually, how then can we? It's a joy then to share it, isn't it? If you've been let off a death sentence, which we have, it's actually a joy to share that. Hopefully, he says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. In other words, if we stay close to the Father, if we stay close to Jesus, this love will remain in us. And actually, we can't help but do it. We can't help but give hope. And I want you to know this, that where God has placed you, you are a bringer of hope. Your life is a bringer of hope, whether you use words with it or not. And that doesn't mean because you don't get it wrong. That means because the living hope, Jesus Christ, lives and works in you. And if you don't think you can do it, here's a story from a lovely book that Stephanie uh, uh, has lent me by John Ortberg, which talks about Johnny the Bagger. And Johnny the Bagger, um, he has Down syndrome, he has some limitations in his life, uh, but he went to some training, he works in a store, uh, a big um, mega store in America, and went some training about how you can be a bringer of hope. How can you be that catalyst for hope and love where you work? And they were all asked to go home and think about what they could do. And Johnny just, he stuffs the bags, that's his job. He, he does the, the, the bit at the end of the till. And he had an idea, and he shared it with his dad, that he wanted to put messages in every single bag that he bagged up of shopping. So his dad helped him to print them all off. He'd not used a computer before. He trains up in that. He writes little messages of hope. He's a Christian guy, writes messages of hope, prints them off, cuts them up. A very loving dad to help with all that. And every single day that Johnny is working on till three or whatever it is, he puts a little message in every single bag. And what happened, as you can imagine, over days, is that suddenly they've got a problem because the queue at till three, where Johnny is the bagger, becomes so long that they're going, oh, can we open another checkout? You know, can people come to check out four? But people are refusing. And they're refusing, no, no, no. And one woman who said she only came weekly started passing by every day because she said, I want my piece of hope for the day. Now, that's good enough, but it's not the end of the story because what happens is people think, well, hang on a minute, I want to be like Johnny. I want people to want to be in my queue. I want people to receive hope and love from me. So the butcher guy, he likes peanuts for some reason. That's the cartoon character, not uh, the actual thing. And uh, so he starts putting Snoopy stickers. I'm not sure whether that would bless you or not, but he starts doing that on every meat package. The flower, the florist area, when they've got flowers from bouquets that are a bit broken, starts to just give away flowers for people's buttonholes to brighten their day. So that's one guy. You know, with real limitations, in a limited role, with which some might say is low status, but not to Jesus. Jesus will be proud of Johnny, and I believe he's proud of you. Proud of you for the times when you have loved, when it's been really tough to love, when you will go on loving because of the resilience of Christ's love for us, that we can go on and love one another. And then finally, Jesus loves graciously. Now, we know that because of Judas. We know that because of Peter, so the before and afters of these passages. But we also know of it because of me, because of us. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. 
that actually Jesus was in the shadow of the cross when he spoke out the words in John 13 and 14 and 15. And he said, this is going to be how people know that you've been with me. And every time we spend time with Jesus, even when it's hard, I don't know about you sometimes, just reading chapters in the Old Testament, I can get so stuck, I can think, I'm not really sure what the point is sometimes. But actually he's saying, get my words into you, get this truth into you, remain in my love, abide in me, and something supernatural will happen. Because that's the calling on the church. The whole world can love, but the calling on us is to supernaturally love. So that people stand back and say, how did they do that? It's not just being nice. You know, it's the Amish community that had one of their members shot and the entire congregation went round to the shooter's home to forgive the family. It's community coming together and saying, we will not let evil have the last word. It's you doing that in your place of work, wherever it is. We've got a street party going on in my street today and I got into a bit of trouble the other night with one of the the people. I was having a loud conversation in my car. I didn't realise I was broadcasting on hands-free to the entire road. And um, somebody came and banged on. In fact, she came out of her house wearing a very, very little and I thought, oh, someone's in trouble. And then she banged on my car door and it was me. Um, (laughs) I thought she was gunning for someone else, but no, she was gunning for me. So I've got a street party where I need to be present and I know there's a woman who's really angry with me. So I know something I need to do is, is to say sorry to her today. And there'll be all sorts of things. That's just one thing of me getting it wrong. But there'll be so many things that I do, that you do, that, that don't bless people. But actually to keep short accounts, because there's something in that, isn't there? There's something in the awkward apology, however awkward it may feel. There's something in the text or the email or the card or the letter that says, I got this wrong. That is a hallmark of Christ as well. The grace that he showed to these disciples, they had got things so spectacularly wrong. It's one of the reasons I love the disciples so much. They give us great hope, don't they? Because they were learning with him and so are you and I. And, and we are learning. But greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends, and he calls them, he calls them friends. Rick Warren, uh, when his son committed suicide, uh, had many people doing all kinds of things out of good intentions. Uh, and they as a family said, we didn't really need explanations or advice. They just needed you to show up, just to be with them. It is the healing ministry of presence. So again, you might feel I'm limited, you know, I'm busy, I'm this, I'm whatever, but actually most of us can be present. We don't have to have all the words to say to somebody to show them love. It is our very presence sometimes that sits and has a mug of tea and a digestive with someone, other biscuits available, but you know what I mean, that actually is present with someone. Uh, A while ago in leadership training, we shared this picture, it's one of my favorite pictures of the year. And it bears repetition, I think. Uh, If you've been to any sort of concert or game or match or collective recently, this is a a, a beautiful reminder, isn't it? You know, I shared last year I went to see Coldplay and uh, so many people were recording it that I thought, am I the only person who's actually here and not sort of, you know, (laughs) WhatsApping it or messaging it? Because people are, are not present. And at that time, Chris Martin actually said, everyone turns your phone off just for one song so that we can be fully present. 
present. And it is hard for us at the moment. I find it hard. There are so many. We're, we're so easily drawn out. But here is a woman who is just lapping up a moment, isn't she? She's loving it where everyone else is commenting on it. Be the one that is present. Don't be the one talking about the person at work who's a pain. Be the one making them a cup of tea. You know, that actually we draw close. The, the easy thing is when someone causes us offence is to retreat, but actually to keep those short accounts. And then John 15, verses 8 and 9. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. <laughs> repetition there. Showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Stay in it. Drink it in. Stay close in it through scripture, through your life groups, through our community groups. Community groups are a brilliant way to demonstrate this love. You know, just heard about a, a whole community going away camping and others drawn in from stay and play. We heard recently of our money advice team working with a woman who said there is something unique about what the Riverside money advice team are doing. And then finding that actually the teacher has been so kind to her son where everyone else was giving up and has actually done the journey with him is also a Christian from our Bourneville congregation and saying, what is it with these people? And that's what Jesus is saying he wants to happen. You know, I'm not bigging up Riverside there. I'm just saying that's what he wants for his believers. He's saying, I want people to stand back and say, wow, how did they do that? And the answer to be supernatural not to be through gritted teeth, but actually to say, I prayed for this. If there is someone, and you can guarantee there will be, that you are finding at the moment really hard to love, maybe even yourself, then pray. Pray that God would expand the love that you have, that your capacity to love would be uniquely changed and transformed. And over time, you will find that that is true. Uh, and uh, I think we're all on that journey, aren't we, together? Uh, I, I really like this quote, and I think it's a quote in season for us. I find her name hard to say, but I'll try. Madalena Longle. Um, and she's written this. We do not draw people to Christ by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. I think there's a lot in that. I don't know where she stands faith-wise, but I think there is something very, very beautiful and challenging for me anyway in that. That there's a sense in us that we want to argue, that we want to have that last word about who Jesus is because he's so special to us. But sometimes it's not about, often I think actually, it's not about the persuasion of our words, but actually it's a light and a love that can exude from this community that makes people think, I want a part of that. I want to come in, I want to be drawn in. And actually he, the saviour, the rescuer, draws us in. Pope Francis says this, I prefer a church which is bruised, hurting and dirty because it's been out on the streets rather than a church which is unhealthy from being confined and from clinging to its own security. In other words, the church was created to love where love is not. To roll up our sleeves and to love where it is hard to love, where it's messy to love, where there is cost to love. And Jesus has modelled all this and he's saying, do it like that. 
do it like that. I, I think the Pope is doing a, a beautiful job actually of demonstrating that uh, at the moment. But we are bruised, we're hurting, uh, we're dirty, uh, but actually we have found that rescue and are called to be those rescuers, those that actually are out on the streets, whether that's physically out on the streets, as many are, with healing on the streets and people praying. We've been doing try praying uh, recently again. Whatever that might be, that actually people are drawn in to this. And as we come to a close, and as Kirsty reminded us earlier in the service, I find this really, really uplifting. That if you think, and I can think of a few moments in my life, that's for sure, where I have done some really, really bad things and some really wrong things. And Jesus loved me every bit as much then as when I might have done something quite beautiful. That's extraordinary to me. You know, he loved us at our worst. And for most of us, it was pretty bad at times. And so we know that we can do this when someone else is being at their worst. Because as we receive the love that found us in the darkness, that set us free, that rescued us from the cave, if you like, that brought us out into the light, then actually there is hope for all of us to be like Johnny the Bagger, uh, to be those conduits of God's grace, his hope and his relentless love. Don't give up. Because some of you have been knocked back by this person so many times. You think, really, God, you want me to go again? <laughs> but actually he says yes because his love was resilient. His love went to death uh, for us. Uh, many will know it's often read at weddings and uh, at celebrations, and rightly so. Uh, Paul's uh, writings about the nature of love in 1 Corinthians 13. But I recently uh, found this paraphrased version of it, which I thought would be uh, a fitting end or a fitting response to this talk. Uh, so if you want to perhaps just be quiet, and I'll read these words over us. And one thing that helped me actually as a new believer is somebody said to me, as a yearly check, if you want to know how you're doing, as a disciple of Jesus, read 1 Corinthians 13, read what love looks like and put your name there. It's a good test, it's a tricky one. <laughs> so you put your name there and it says, Judy is kind, Judy is patient, and then you suddenly think, I'm not being very patient. So it's a good test, isn't it? Because what will be the mark of the disciple? It will be the quality of our love. Let's, let's pray. Here is what love is like. Real genuine love, the God kind of love. It is patient, it will wait. It helps others even if they never find out who helped them. Love doesn't try to build itself up to be something it isn't. It is grieved deeply as God is over the evil in this world, but it rejoices over truth. Love comes and sits with you when you're feeling down. It empathizes with you and believes in you. Love knows you will come through just as God planned. And love sticks right beside you all the way. Love doesn't give up on you. It doesn't quit. Love keeps on keeping on, even when everything goes wrong. For that, my friend, is what real, genuine, strong God love is like. Lord, thank you that you loved us at our darkest. That where we were and are sinful people, that this incredible love took you to your death. That you conquered death for us. That you broke the power and chains of sin over us. 
that your love goes on changing us, even today. Lord, our prayer is that your love would continue to change us. That you would expand our capacity to love when it hurts, to love when it costs, to love when it's rejected. And Lord, that people would say of us and the one another's here, how did they do that? How did they find that depth of love for me? So that as we love one another in our life groups, in our community groups, in our families, those close to us, that that love spills out as a witness to this world. A witness of what your love, Jesus, looks like. Fill us, we pray. Change us, we ask. Because we do love you, Jesus. And we want to look more like you. In your beautiful name we pray. Amen.